What up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Growing Up Gay with your boy Vaughn. And your boy Malik. And thank you all for tuning in. This is episode two of season two of Growing Up Gay. Yes, it is. Season two, episode two. I think that feels so good saying that, like, nigga, we're in our second season. Come on now. Yes, it really does. <laughs> and we we have some great things uh, planned for you all for this week's episode. Um, we are posting a little earlier than normal. Well, let me correct myself. We are posting what will be our new normal, no Nini leaks. Uh, we, <laughs> we will be dropping on Mondays now, so you get to start your week with Growing Up Gay as opposed to ending your week with Growing Up Gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week, we have a very special uh, interview with a legend in the community. Yes. Um, but before we get into all that, uh, Malik, how have you been since we last recorded? I've been good. It's only been a week, and which is, uh, you know, like, since we took such a long break, it's like, oh, it's only been a week. Right. <laughs> last time we recorded, it had been like right. three months. Um, but in the week's time frame, I... Uh, you know, work and yoga. I had a yoga audition at this studio that, uh, the studio that I actually started, um, that I started practicing. Like, this is the first studio that, that actually taught me, you know, the practice of yoga that made me want to be a yoga teacher. I auditioned there, uh, last, actually yesterday, my bad. And, you know, I, I went in there, I did my thing and the owner said, Malik, I don't think you're ready. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, I felt so empowered. I felt so strong. And, you know, this week, uh, like that moment was like about taking rejection really well. So honestly, I feel really good about, you know, listening to her feedback and being able to receive it in a way where I didn't feel attacked, where I didn't feel like, well, why am I not good enough? Like I just felt like, okay, cool. You know, what's for me is for me. And, um, you know, I, I listened to her and I took notes and I'm going to work on the things that she said I needed to work on. And, and that's just cool. So my week has been pretty awesome. Um, and so, uh, you know, between that and, and, and just spending time with my loved ones and, and spending time with myself and um, teaching at, at the other places that I teach at, my week's been pretty fucking awesome. How are you doing, friend? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I feel like this week has been like <laughs> there's been so many like ups and downs, um, and it's funny because like we are out of retrograde, so I was expecting, which is funny because retrograde for me really wasn't that bad up until like the end. Normally retrograde is like a big scary thing and like everything goes left, but for me retrograde was actually pretty solid up until the end, and then this last week where it's just been like I feel like everything has kind of been getting thrown at me. Um, especially at work, mm. it's just it's a mess at work. Um, but in the end, you know, those are just situational things, and um, I'm actually happy all of it is happening because I'm not someone that lets people walk over them ever, and uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people have to learn that about me because I am very nice and I'm very accommodating to other people's feelings and other people's uh, preferences and other people's. Um, space. Um, yeah. So I feel like every now and again I kind of have to like remind people that I'm really not that nice. Deep down, I could be like 
a big bitch. <laughs> I always tell people I'm either like the <laughs> sweetest person you've ever come across or I'm like your worst nightmare. You do have big there, bitch energy. <laughs> there's there's no like in between with me. I'm either literally either the sweetest person or I don't fuck with you and you don't exist. And I don't I've only ever had to get to the, this place uh this space when it comes to work twice. Um and the first time it happened, I was a front desk agent. Um, so that was years ago. Um, and in that situation, that person had to come around. And in this situation, I don't even care if this person comes around because I'm to the point where, like, I we literally... And, <laughs> and it's funny because with someone being your quote-unquote boss, um, I think some people take that title or that placement and feel like you have to kind of do the things they say. And that's not the case. I signed a contract to perform certain duties, and those are the duties that I will perform. I'm never going to disrespect you, but... What I can do is act like you don't exist. I'm great at it. Like it's and it's not even it's not even like a oh you know you can forgive because you know when if you if you don't forgive you hold on to things. Nah, I'm not that way. Like not at all. I can I can not acknowledge someone and it does not drain any of my energy. It does not take anything out of my life. You just don't exist to me. Mm. You just literally do not exist. You can hide and buy me all day and I won't speak. Um, like you just don't I don't know what that trait is that's like the ultimate <laughs> level of being unbothered I do like, literally, like I'm telling you you do not <laughs> exist to me like I was in it's funny we were in like the office at work in the, in the coordinator space um, like talking to the coordinators or whatever because they were changing shifts and like I was <laughs> you know that have you seen that gif of LeBron James where he grabs his bag and he yes. like walks that was literally me I said goodbye to everyone, <laughs> grabbed my bag, paid that person. She said goodbye to me, and I paid her to the, went right to the left. Yes. And I walked out the office. <laughs> and, like, the reason why I did it is because, well, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because she's, my director is just horrible. Plain and simple, she's just horrible. She's bad with people. And it's funny, when she came in, I felt her energy initially. And I always tell people, like, <laughs> like, if my spirit doesn't take you, like, it's just a Jamaican thing. When my spirit no text money, like, it just, it, it doesn't take that. And I normally don't fight it. I normally, I'm just like, okay, my spirit is telling me not to fuck with you for a reason. And I don't fuck with that person. I, don't, I won't be malicious towards you. I won't be negative towards you. None of that. But if my spirit just don't take you, it's just not, it's just something I usually go with. But with her, I was like, okay, you know what? Give this person a chance, you know, see exactly how, you know, things pan out. Don't just be... Don't be distant. Don't cut them off. Don't treat them any kind of way. Like, just, you know, go on and, and deal with them. And I, I fought it for a really long time. And she performed. Like, she performed for a good week and a half, two weeks, um, this this persona that she just isn't. Mm. And I think it was easy for her to do because, you know, when you're first coming in anywhere, like, your first three weeks, you're, like, learning. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you don't, you can't really flex too much. You can't really show too much of your true self because you're in this kind of insecure, unfamiliar you're still learning. space. Like you don't know like where you can go with your with your bullshit quite yet. Exactly. You don't really know <laughs> if you can strap out strap, you know, whip out your dick. Yeah. And disrespect everyone because like you don't know what the space is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think because everyone was so accommodating to her upon arrival that she got comfortable and finally when she when she finally whipped the dick out, it was like I'm not just going to suck it, sis. Like that's not how mm. that works. Um and everyone else is being really timid and like talking about her behind her back and you know 
dealing with you know everything is in like group text and like you know what i mean and everyone is kind of bending and caving and allowing themselves to get uh, like walked all over and i'm not allowing that and the, the fucked up part about me is i enjoy nothing gives me more pleasure than someone who has done me wrong like being able to put them in a position to where they can't say anything because it's not like i'm not doing my job i'm not being disrespectful um, I'm not doing anything that technically could could you know put me in in in, in an iffy position. However, I'm not doing all the things you want me to do. I'm not being sweet. I'm not saying hi. And for her, unlike you me, you don't have to do any of that. Shit. Exactly. That's, that's the game. <laughs> exactly. And it's, for her, it bothers her. Me, I wouldn't give a fuck. I would be like, I hey, hey bro, we ain't friends. Like I tell everyone, I'm I'm here to clock in and I'm here to clock out. And um. For her, she's. I think she's looking for more than that from us, and so it bothers her more than it bothers me. And I, I, I it's kind of evil, but I take pleasure in it. Like, <laughs> like we had a discussion over the over the phone in regard to a few things, and I wasn't budging, and I could literally hear her voice shaking, and I was smiling the entire time. Like, this is which is kind of fucked up to say out loud, but I was kind of like, "Oh, bitch, you're bothered," and I'm not, and I, mm-hmm, I love you're it. So, yeah. So this week has just been a lot, but. I'm taking it in stride. Take it in stride. You know what? Sometimes things happen in life for you to better yourself and for you to, you know, prepare you for what's next. So that's how I'm I, looking at it. I absolutely agree. That's that's, that's that is so it. true. There yeah. is this a lady that reports to me at work this week. I had a one on one with her and in the one on one I was going through some of her metrics and the things that we look at to, like, you know, rate someone's performance and where they are in their business. And I said, uh, I'll change her name for the show. I said, Sarah, uh, <laughs> you know, the last few, few times we've met, I've asked you to have, to have an agenda. You don't have one. Not only do you not have an agenda, you're not contacting your customers. Uh, mm-hmm. And your, your contacts have been low the last three days why don't you have any meetings like what's going on and she just looked at me and i'm like sarah it's obvious to me that you're deviating from the plan and you told me in our last one-on-one with the vp that you often deviate from plans like you will listen you will follow it and then you'll make up your own thing and then just fuck off and Mm. that's not working you're failing so do it my way or it's gonna be the highway (laughs) Like, I was just like, the nerve of you to show up to this meeting unprepared three weeks in a row and just sit here and look at me like I have, like, a horn growing out of my forehead. Like, like you just don't know what the hell is going on. Right. Uh, people. Yeah. And their jobs. I'm telling you. Uh, they need to get their, their selves together. Speaking they, of getting things together. Speaking Malik. of getting things together. You guys, so the Get It Together portion, if you don't know, is a segment where Avon and I sound off on mental, physical, and just spiritual health. And, and also maybe something that you need to get together, whatever it is. Um, just us pretty much just talking about it. And so this week, uh, my Get It Together is just, just about taking care of yourself. Um, April is a really hard month for me because it's the month that I lost my father and it's also his birthday. And lastly, it's the month that I was assaulted. And um, so it's the second anniversary of my assault. And it is the fifth anniversary of my dad's, um, of, of, of him passing, not being with us. And it, this would have been uh, his 50, 
50, I think, 53rd, 50, 53rd birthday, I think. Mm. Um, so with all that being said, it just was a really, you know, emotional day today. I went to therapy and um, there's a quote that I, that I read online that really hit home for me. And the quote said, uh, your true self is saying to you today, take time to remember why you started. You've been working hard up to this point and you are steps away from a breakthrough. Sometimes the pressures and stresses in your life can te- can make it hard to always feel clear about your purpose and, and your why. Go on a walk and find a place in nature that you can visit. You are blessed, and sometimes all you need is quality time alone to recharge. And I think what that quote means for me is take time for yourself. Take time mm. to sit alone. Take time to do that walk. Take time to write that letter Take time to tell your boss that, no, I can't do this anymore because of this. You know, take time to do whatever it is that you need to do for yourself. And what I found myself talking about today in therapy was why I am so disconnected from a part of myself. And it's because, you know, I haven't wanted to acknowledge a lot of the pain and anger that I had, that I have and had towards my father. And, you know, I had to really sit with myself today and really kind of go over conversations and go over memories and, 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 and sit alone and cry and, and, and journal and, and write it out. And so, Whatever conversation that you're afraid to have with yourself, if you don't have it, it's going to fester. And what Mm. people don't realize about things like this, things that are um, mental and emotional and spiritual that that affects you, even if you do suppress it, it manifests in ways that you can't even imagine. There are things that you're doing that you're like, oh my gosh, I I didn't know I was doing this. And the root of the problem is something that you have not wanted to admit to yourself. You have not wanted to face. So it may be scary, but you can chew it bit by bit. Like the way you eat a steak, you don't put the whole steak in your mouth. You cut it, you take a piece, you chew it up, you chew it up, you chew it up, then you swallow it. And that's the way you have to handle life problems. And so don't be afraid to take a few moments. Don't be afraid to sit down, to tell your friends, no, you can't come over today. No, I can't go out with you today. No, I that's can't real. do this. Yeah. You know, I can't, that can happen for me today. Like, don't be afraid to just tell people no. And do what's best for you for once in your life because you only have one life. And listen, once it's gone, it's gone. And you guys, that's my get together for today. Um, for me, ironically, ours are somewhat similar. Um, that's that alignment. Um, but for me, uh, mine are we always <laughs> in line. I'm telling you. Uh, for me, mine is don't let stress, depression, or anything. Don't let the outside forces that go on in life stop you from doing whatever you need to do to better yourself um stress depression all those things are very real and you know sometimes you do have to take a day to yourself to to feel however you want to feel to you know be in your bag as they say from new york in new york Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i be in my bag (laughs) right (laughs) but there's also times when you have to say okay this might be how i'm feeling this is my this might be what i'm going through but if I continue to feel like this and if I continue to allow myself to remain in this space, it won't be healthy for me. It won't better me in any kind of way. And it can be hard to have that kind of rational thought. But sometimes it's what's best. Like I said, for me, I've had a very, <laughs> very hellish week um, with everything that's going on at work and just, you know, with with life in general. Um, not hellish. I shouldn't say that. But I've just had a very conflicting, I'll say that, week. 
Um, I've been a bit more confrontational than than usual. I'm usually, like I said, very mm. passive. But I've been very much in my oh no, bitch, this is how I feel bag yeah. <laughs> this week, which I'm never in that, that bag. But um, I've been there this week, and I've had to make decisions where it's like, okay, I'm not going to continue to allow myself to feel this way. I'm going to get up. I'm going to clean my room. Uh, I'm going to go to the gym. The past three days that I've gone to the gym, I have not wanted to be there at all, and I have had—I have not had the best workouts. But I'm proud of myself, and I'm happy because I did go. Even one day, I just—I literally went and did 45 minutes of cardio, and I was like, I was supposed to do <laughs> like legs that day, and I was just like, you know what? Next I did day. this cardio. I'm going home. <laughs> like, yeah. And when I got home, I was like, you know what? I—I I, like I should just drink some water and go to bed. But I was like, nah, I want a snack. So I allowed myself to have a snack. And you know what? What did you, you have? You need to... I, oh, I have, the, I have these Cheetos. They're not Cheetos. They're like these low-calorie, healthy, baked Cheeto thingies. Yeah. That's like only 130 calories a serving. So I had a serving, maybe a serving and a half. You know. Okay. Yeah, a little extra. <laughs> a little extra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I treated myself a little bit. Um, but... It was okay to say, okay, that was that bad day. I'm not going to allow it to carry on into the next day. And today is that next day. And I woke up today, and I've been having a wonderful day, partly because I'm off. A bitch didn't have to go to work this morning. So, mm-hmm. um, and the sun is out. I, I got a lot of things accomplished, and it's it's still pretty, like, really early in the day. So, my point is, even when you're going through things, if there's things in life that you know you need to do, sometimes it'll, it's just best to continue doing them. And just continue to move through the day, because what, what the opposite of that, like, at least for me, if you're someone like me that that you're you're a lister, you're a, you're a person that like if you don't do things you know you're, you're supposed to do, it'll weigh on you heavier. If I wouldn't have done the things that I need to do this today, if I hadn't got up and allowed my, you know, energy to change, I would have continued feeling negative, and I would have even felt even worse, because I would have said, my day is going by, and I'm wasting it. You know what I mean? So, sometimes you have to push through, and just continue to do the things you need to do, regardless of whether you want to or not. Uh, So, that's my get it together. We're so in line, friend. (laughs) We are. Um, We're going to take a short little break, and we'll be back with our grown-up gay. Holla. sure to share with your friends, go to the website for merch, and send us questions at growingupgaypodcast.com. Now back to the episode. All right, so for this week's Growing Up Gay, we actually had the pleasure of interviewing um, queer legend and icon, Xavier Delo. Xavier Delo, yes. Um, We had the pleasure of interviewing him here in New York. and of course, if you aren't familiar with who XD is, he is Xavier Delo on Twitter. Um, he is a comedian. He's a content creator. He's a writer. Um, and he's just a really dope person that Malik and I both have looked up to for a really long time. So it was very special to us to get to interview him. And it was a pleasure yeah. of ours, of course. Super special. I remember when I first heard of XD, I was, I told him just doing the interview, I was, you know, uh, in high school and so having someone as forward and as like I don't give a fuck as he was it just made me so so comfortable and it, it like it reaffirmed that I was not weird anymore 
And I and it, it it that's that's so amazing to say. Like it reaffirmed that I wasn't crazy. It reaffirmed right. that I wasn't the only person out here feeling like this, acting like this, that the things that I was interested in, that 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 there was nothing strange about them. And so it just was so full circle for Vaughn and I to be able to sit down with him and talk to him and just share and, and ask him questions and just get to know more about him. Yeah. And for both both of us, he's kind of like our, our first like real life <laughs> um, adult homosexual. Like we, as young gays, we got to, yeah. to see him live and, and grow and see him and his friends, you know, go on to do a bunch of really dope things so to say he's an inspiration is to not say enough so we hope you guys enjoy the interview and ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we have none other than the xd of the jade and xd show for our growing up gay section mr XD. xavier Delow. Ooh, mr xavier Delow. the icon that girl the originator Ooh. the one the only xd ah. oh i'm literally so oh my gosh. are you shaking I'm shaking and stirred, okay. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I love XD so much. Uh, we were discussing this earlier, how important you were to our experience as far as growing up gay, um, because you were the first gay black male that I saw that wasn't on Noah's Ark. Um, I remember discovering Young XD on, on YouTube. It was the, uh, I think, fall of 2008. So it was quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, you remember when you, Amir... Asante and Kia back when she did YouTube videos used yeah. to like do those group chats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know this. Was, was, that, only... was that on Uvu? No, no it was no. like Tiny Chat, but do, not. We used to do. Um, we used to. Do, we I think Tay and I started with Stickham, and then we moved on to Talkbox. I think. I think that was. The and then one. we used to do Blog TV every yeah. now and again. I yeah. literally my okay. So people that don't know, my name isn't actually Vaughn. Yeah. I only call myself that because of XD. Actually, XD yeah. and Amir. Um, one one day I was being fast, you know, I jumped into their little group chat that they were having and I was like, oh my God, all these people that I watch on YouTube are, you know, talking and are mm-hmm. talking. And then I think I was there so long that Amir was like, who the hell is XO00, whatever, yeah. whatever. And I was like, uh, Trayvon. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. you said, you can't be, I, I know a Trey and I don't like him. Cut the tray. Maybe. And I was like, well, I'm just Vaughn then. <laughs> so that sounds like XD. That's, <laughs> that sounds that's very XD. That's, 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 that's how Vaughn like, yeah. That's how Vaughn was born. I was that's the voice said, you know, shady cunts. That in 2008, <laughs> I was a shady cunt. So but. thank you so much for being here, for oh, doing this, yeah. and for being you. I have oh a similar gosh. experience because I think I discovered you around the same time on Twitter. Um, like 08 and you were probably one of the first people I saw like being yeah. black and queer and like you said not yeah. the extreme and yeah. so it was um, I remember like I even had a chance to like really talk to you yeah. you know like yeah. back in the day so it's just it's really full circle to you know have these kind of moments where you can really interact with people that you grew up seeing and in, not in a typical way right. you know like it's heartfelt right you all are aging me ah oh, well hey you're all like ooh, 11 years ago <laughs> i found you on the internet Ooh, i was so young and ooh, so lost but thank you all yes for you having welcome. me i'm happy to be here we're happy it's to a have pleasure. you it's a pleasure oh, to have you. <laughs> so let's jump right into it what was your experience growing up gay uh you know I was really blessed. I didn't really have like um, 
a situation where you know like you think you know I had a little sugar in my tank you know right. as a child but, <laughs> then, but you know I always had a mouth and so I think that's just what my mother and my grandmother those are the people the two who raised me who just they just didn't pay any mind I guess they figured because I was being raised by two women right. that's what was happening um, but I didn't tell them um, I didn't tell my mom I was gay until I was about to leave home but growing up gay, it was okay. Like, nothing nothing really happened to me. I mean, I did have, as I got older and came into my own, you know, I, you know, experienced, like, a gay bashing and all that good stuff wow. and 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 having, um, being sexually abused. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, no, growing up gay was cool. Like, I just because I didn't say anything, you know, I had, like, <laughs> I had friends. Um, typical high school bullshit. But, right. like, no, it was cool. I didn't have, like, a, my so-called life kind of thing. And, I, and I'm grateful right. for that because, you know, I a lot of our brothers and sisters, you know, it's like uh, every day is like a, the movie par- a Pariah and shit. Yeah, right? like, some bullshit gotta, like, happening. Get, yeah, pretty much like, yeah, kicked himself. out at five yeah. and shit. It's like an Oliver Twist every right. like Thursday. <laughs> right. Oliver Twist. It's just a lot, but I'm <laughs> blessed that I never had to go through that. <sighs> um, who, who or what experience taught you how to be comfortable with your sexual orientation? Ah, uh, you know, that's a good ass question. I don't know. I feel like I've always, I've never had like a moment where like I felt like being who I am was wrong. Hmm. If I did, it lasted like. So when I I lost my virginity when I first when I lost my virginity to a girl, lol. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that. Star. But I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was just because my cousin was like, you know, you you want to you want to fit in, you want to be cool, right? So it wasn't never like that, and plus it was just sexual exploration. And at, at that time, when you're like young, it's just friction. You'll stick it anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't really have like a like a thing where like the only thing I could say that experience that could attribute to that was the D'Angelo Untitled video. Woo! How did it feel? Because if that you know didn't tell you how to be gay, <laughs> felt <laughs> very hard. That's how it felt. Very hard. <laughs> January second, the year two thousand. I remember where that video premiered. <laughs> where uh, were you? Ooh, ooh, Fun ooh, fact: in front of <laughs> my television set, watching Midnight Love. I'll never forget that. It came on at ten p.m. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, listen, but but as far as like a experience or people, I'm like no, I I didn't have that. I I had like a really odd experience being growing up gay. Yeah, maybe not odd, but kind of like it was peaceful. It was calm. Yeah. Do you think it was like because you were in California? Um, I think is maybe no mm-hmm. because there's homophobia everywhere. Real. Um, and especially you know going up in a, a family that was religious. So that was never like a, like my mama, I remember when Bush was running for office the second time mm-hmm. and she was saying how, oh, I'm voting for him because he gives gay marriage. And I'll never forget because my grandmother looked at her like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> grandma knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. My grandmother, my grandmother's always been kind of like pro-gay. Right. Because her best friend, Mr. Hartley, God rest his soul, he died of AIDS. But like, she'd be like, that's my friend. 
Oh. Yeah, and he was he was sickening. He had a um he had a Fendi Bible cover. You know what though? Yeah, those gays. Yeah, were, yeah. Because I have an uncle like that. <laughs> I didn't find out I had two uh, gay uncles until I was twenty four. Um, just you know, families keep secrets. Yeah. Um, Don't they? But I had one. My uncle Fabian, that Negro was so fly. Yeah. Dress. Listen, salad. He wore all I'm the white, dressed. all the white shoes. All listen. He was the flyest gay Jamaican. We'll see, and they knew we'll what they see, were doing. See, that's what I was about to tell you now, Vaughn, because it's like either he's gay or Jamaican. Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> he was both. I, so. I play that game every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> but, yeah, because yeah, they be like Rico Suave. Yes. They, mm. they, and they love a white shoe. They love a, a tight pant, too. Oh, like how you wear your pants. Yes, I know. Yeah. Showing off that shape. Yeah. Hey. They said that I'm shaped. I'm pear shaped. A pear shape. April, you're a pair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, damn, bitch, I get some room around at the bottom. Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway uh, what was your social setting in school? Who was XD? Oh, so I had like, <laughs> it was like, um, you know how like when like an artist comes out and they're just like, they're super whack, like right. nobody like sees it for them. That was my freshman year. Wow. But I've always been, like, the funny, shady kid. Right. And so, like, freshman year, I was a little, I was still, like, timid. But then after freshman year of high school, then I, like, I became Beyonce. You let the mm. bitches have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had Sasha Fierce. And, like, <laughs> and so by the senior year came, 12th grade came, I was the student body president of the school. So I was like the popular kid, like oh, you know, been that girl, I guess. (laughs) But I think that was just all of a ploy to get me into a good fucking school. I was like, (laughs) let me play these kids because I know I'm the fuck funny, (laughs) (laughs) so I could play these niggas in and get to where I need to be. How'd you transform into the student body president from a nobody? You know. Was it like like was it intentional it. in your mind? Like this is what I want to do no, now. No, I just had an epiphany. Um, no, Nikki, I was. Ooh, I, I was um, <laughs> I often talk about um, Bamani Jones. If you don't know who he is, he's a he's a host on ESPN. He talks about having um, a magical white. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a magical white. I've been thinking. Like um, I was talking to Asante earlier. Me and Asante live together now. <gasps> so, oh my god, that's so. so cool. um, we were, yeah. So we were talking about like, um, like what about whatever. And I was like, I need a magical white. So in high school, I had a magical white. His name was Mr. G Diego, and he just randomly just start. He befriended me one day, and I was like, Who the fuck, white man? Because <laughs> I was always this person. And he just started talking to me, asking me what my interests are. He invited me to go to this camp, um, yep. like Noah Kelly, but like, <laughs> yep, yep, but yep. no, yep. it was like a camp that all these other like it was like an empowerment kind of thing for uh, like in our school. It was like a leadership camp, and all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down, and I went, and my mother was so proud. And, really? Yeah, my mother would have been like, stay your ass at home. <laughs> She's not right. Well, I think I think she was like worried that I was so like gonna be reclusive or whatever. I was just mm. I was just trying to be silent so I don't spook myself. Mm. Because you up here talking about I'm gonna vote for a president because he against gay marriage. Girl, I'm not talking to you about shit. <laughs> okay. That's real. That's real. That's you real. ain't open like that, mama. Right. <laughs> I don't like I don't know you like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I know you but I don't yeah, know you. I tell my mother you. now, like, girl, I don't know you like that. <laughs> mm. 
So speaking of your mother, uh, you did a TED talk with Penn State. You talked about the feeling yeah. the need to do things to undisappoint her. Yeah. After coming out to her, at what point were you able to free yourself from that performance? <laughs> um, when I moved. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> out of sight, out of like, mind. Right. Like, no, like, you know, you feel bad, right? Like, I'm an yeah. only child, and, and my mother... Uh, my mother's Ooh. open about this, and like she thought she was told she can have children. Wow. And mm. so, like, I'm the miracle baby. So, like, if you have, and most times when people have kids, they have, they, whatever they say, we're going to let the child be free and right. stuff. We're going to name him Willow and like Timber <laughs> and whatever. But, like, you put like the expectation that you want for your kid, like, I want my kid to like get married and have kids and yeah. like be a doctor, lawyer, whatever the fuck. Right. I came out to be none of those things. I, I always, from the gate, I told my mother, I was like, girl, I'm not having kids. And I was like six years old. I was like, oh, the ghetto. <laughs> um, I told her, I, I I told, even from like very early on, I didn't believe in marriage. I was like, married. <laughs> LOL, that's for you people. Okay. <laughs> I was like, none of y'all niggas can figure this shit out. Right. So why would I do it? Um, and then, so, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe, okay, maybe there's one thing. Like, let me not like strike her out like a family feud or whatever like let me just like (laughs) try to like do something because i wasn't going to be a doctor or a lawyer but anywho but i think once i got to college i was like no i have to live my life for me like we're not going to be here together forever right at the time i moved all the way to the east coast i moved here yeah and she's all the way in california so i was like girl what she won't know won't hurt her. Real. Shout out to SWV. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. I, uh, I want to expound on that, if you will, because yeah. I have two older brothers. I'm the baby mm. in my family. And I did, I had, I, I, I didn't come out until last year uh, to my parents. Oh, welcome. Um, I don't think As a person of color, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel anything. Yeah. Mm. Just, yeah. But um, <laughs> luckily for me, like I have two older brothers, so I didn't, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. As far as like, because I know like you, you know, have kids, grandkids. Or I'm real blessed because like my middle brother, I'm always like, he's like the perfect. He, if you had a child, you would want him to be like my brother. Like mm-hmm. he's good looking. He played every sport. He got scholarships. He married a beautiful woman. They just bought a house. They have a beautiful. My nephew is so adorable. Um, I mean, so I he's like adopt your brother. Like I mean, you yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's like <laughs> ideal, right? So I was always like, oh, she's good. But I did have that feeling, the need to like make her happy because I knew this thing I was gay and I was like I didn't want that to affect how she would look at me so I made sure I did like really good in school I made sure that like I went to the good school I got the good job etc etc and nobody ever wants to disappoint their parents you know what I mean like and so if you can figure out a way to not do it you know it's like well I can't like I'm not gonna be a super stellar athlete I can go get good grades and shit so it's like let me just keep this gay shit silent for a right. I mean I was trying to piss my parents off growing up really I did everything to piss them off no I'm Jamaican really? my mama I ran up the cell phone bill uh, oh you no were playing way. games I I was sneaking out see that's why you a yogi now so you can <laughs> I, 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 had <laughs> Real to, I had to center yeah. myself and get yeah. back to like yeah. you know yeah. I had to you calm that shit wilding I out there. let me yeah. tell you how much my mother trusted me yeah. so we moved to Atlanta my dad still lives in well lived in Florida um, my mother left me in my junior when I was going to junior year of high school mm-hmm. in a house all by myself. She sure did. Wow. For so for my junior and my senior year of high school, I lived all by like Celine Dion, all by myself. And I had her car keys. 
you know, for both. Oh, the you were latchkey for real. For so real. she, you she, were a commercial. She, and I did not, uh, I did not a single. You were an after thing. school special. I really was. You did nothing. Ooh, I, I would did call not her, a like, what are you doing? Nothing at I home. Chilling, I didn't throw a party. You know how gay I am. I threw a dinner party. I didn't throw. Can I tell you a secret that I've never told anybody? When I was fifteen, I. I was super fake bougie. Like, Damn. how I had friends, I would never know. <laughs> like, XD, like, you were, like, a bitch. Anyway, <laughs> so, like, when I turned 15, I didn't have a regular party. I hosted a murder mystery dinner party. Wow. wow. <laughs> now, that is some next-level bougie yeah. shit. Yeah, in my house. Imagine getting that invitation. And, of course, the dinner, <laughs> was, the dinner was Little Caesar pizza because at that time, Little Caesar's was good. It That's how, yes. yeah, yesteryear. <laughs> yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> the days of yore. But, yeah, like. Yeah, so I, I get you. That that is super gay. Vaughn. I'm yeah. not even lying. <laughs> but that's 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 dope. I don't know how I would act if I could. I'd probably be the same. Like I probably would never do anything to piss off my mama because I'd be like, I don't want to be homeless. Listen, oh, you know what I mean. And my mother would remind me. She would come home and inspect everything and be like, "Fuck around if you want to." Mm. Yeah. Fuck around, yeah. Am I and my grandmother <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not pissing off no woman from Oklahoma from like, <laughs> I'm not, nah, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> so we wanted to go ahead and jump into XD now since we've discussed XD growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about your role in social media, considering you are one of the pioneers for the queer community when it comes to social uh, social media, especially monetizing it? Um, you did a lot of things first, or at least first for me. Mm-hmm. Um, from YouTube to podcasting to even now um, the stories that you all tell on Jaden XD and you guys have turned that into a book and like all these things that you've done you've been able to stay tenacious and you've kind of I was telling Malik this I feel like you're the you're the tree and all your friends are the branches from that tree because I remember I like I can say I found Fury through you I found um Every, Jade through you I found Kia through you I found literally everyone yeah. uh, I found because of XD um, and they've all gone on to do like all these things and like are so popping and all because of like your They're special all so famous all, because mm-hmm. of you you Loki should have signed them um, <laughs> got that check <laughs> should have put a diddy on there but you you are the the tree so how do you remain tenacious and how do you remain ahead of the curve and how do you remain, you know, XD in all of that? Um, um you know, I get bored easily. <laughs> and like I've always been kind of like this digital disruptor. Like especially when I learned how to play the internet because the internet is a game, really. Uh it's it like is. there's this show called Seven Days Out. You should totally watch it. It's on Netflix. Seven days and out. yeah, Seven Days Out. And so there's a reason why I'm telling the story. So like uh, one of the episodes, there's it's about um, the League of Nations. It's some nerd shit on on PS4 or online gaming or whatever. You mm-hmm. see, and they have these big ass conventions and shit wow. where they like win zillions of fucking dollars. Wow. And like they have teams. Like Rick Fox owns a team called Echo really? Fox. Wow. It's wild. Like I'm about, to, I need to invest in a team because gaming is a serious business. But I say this to say there was like Rick Fox was interviewed in this documentary, and he was like, you know, after a while, you want to like 
like do something else. Right. <laughs> and so I think that's how all this gener is like the genesis of like, all right, I'm tired. I'm I'm ready to do something else. I've also learned to see, to emulate and enhance yeah um what other people do and what they're not doing mm. so like of course i learned from all the bloggers like angel laws from concrete loop and mm. fresh Alina from Crunktastical fresh. and all that good stuff and so or lovey and like i've learned from all these people and i've learned what they did and what they didn't do right same thing with youtube um and then it was just like okay well this is a game for me and I think, I guess to answer your question, I, I look at it as a game. It's like, well, what? how can I advance to this next level? Right. And in order to do that, I got to, like, do some new shit. Like, and, and a lot of it happens organically. Mm-hmm. Like, with Jade and I, um, we just have a lot of conversations about, like, Y'all can discuss anything because y'all literally are and, fucking and, hilarious. And most of the shit that we do comes from conversations between she and I. Like Jane and I talk on the phone maybe like ten times a day. No mm-hmm. bullshit. At least maybe at least five. Let's do it right. that way. Because it's like, bitch, so I'm watching this show. <laughs> and like or she's like, let me tell you what this nigga did. Or I'd be like, let me tell you what this bitch did. And yada yada yada. <laughs> and then so like the book thing, it was just like, you know, we should write a book. She was like, Yeah, we should. Yeah, and that's how it happened. Wow. Like, it literally was like that. All of that stuff is super, like, natural. But it's also learning that the internet is a game. And so is this money. How you play hey, it is how you, you know, get that real. money. That's real. That's real. So you have had a lot of success uh, throughout the years. Um, but the industry is the industry. Um, what are some moments that has that have discouraged you as a gay black man in this social media space? What are some of the things or the people or you don't have to say names or anything, of course, but some of the experiences that have been like, you know what, bitch, I could just stay in this office and do my job because y'all trifling. Hmm. Can you ask that a different way? Are they involving like other queer people or straight people who have maybe maybe made you feel away? Like that I don't want to do this shit no damn more? Yeah. Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you I'm, not, I'm not letting these things <laughs> Okay. The fuck? No. That's real. Um, That's real. No. I, yeah, no. That, I, that, to quote Oprah, <laughs> I, I've never experienced that emotion. <laughs> um, I love that. No, I'm not letting these take away my money. Sure. That's mm. real. Fuck them. Yeah. And don't, and don't let these things take away your bag either. Write That's that real. down. That, that, that is something. There is enough yeah. internet money for everybody. And you know what? You know what taught me that more than anything? The fire fucking document, uh, documentary. Yeah. The fire festival documentary. For real. I was like, yeah. Shit. Um, there's so many whites with yeah. money and listen, throwing it at people. Listen, so many, so much of this white money. So much. Yeah. Get it. What do you attribute your personality and your humor to? Because you do have an XD brand of humor that is, it's cynical, it's dry, it's but it's also very relatable and funny as fuck. Like, for instance, <laughs> I remember you were on something and they asked what would like what would you do if someone got pregnant and you said well you would just fall down the step. Oh, <laughs> I think you might have been on um Eat Pray Thought. And they might have asked yeah, you probably. plan B <laughs> or prayer yeah. and you said the stairs. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I swear to God, every single time I listen yeah. to the podcast and he yeah. asked that, I think to myself, the stairs. Cause oh, yeah. I laughed. I swear to God, I was living in Atlanta at the time. I pulled my car over and I laughed <laughs> for <laughs> at least eight minutes. Like yeah. just because yeah. I thought of precious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Which is funny. Yeah. And uh laughed. So what do you attribute your personality to? Drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um no. Um so I my mama would always say like I had to go to work so like you know with my kids <laughs> like they, like you know how like kids parents in elementary school like their moms are like devoted yeah. to like their like school like they bring like can't relate yeah can't relate my mom would be like girl I gotta work like Listen. fuck out of here so like I was left to watch TV mm. with my grandmother who is as long as I've been alive retired so <laughs> <laughs> she had like, all the mom, time <laughs> hello <laughs> My grandma's been retired for like over thirty three years. Wow. I'm about to be thirty three, but like, so of course I watch the shit that she watched. Right. Like, so therefore I absorb the humor or whatever, and I guess I develop. And my grandmother also has a very similar humor style mm. to me. Kind of dry. Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah, she's very funny. I want her to do a podcast. That she, would be hilarious. No, you should it, have her on the show. No, she she don't believe the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, she don't believe the internet. She's like, mm. She was like, oh, that's that devil box. <laughs> I was like, you were absolutely right. That is This is the devil. Mm-mm. It's the ghetto. <laughs> um, what's one piece of advice um, you would give yourself when it comes to dealing with social anxiety, since you spoke about that as well on your TED Talk? When you first found out, looking back. Oh, boy. Um... If you feel something's wrong, explore it. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times fear uh, gets in the way of healing mm. because healing That's does real. hurt. Yeah, it's painful. Because um, you're real. afraid of what you might unearth and you may unearth the ugly truth about yourself or other people that you've suppressed. Mm. But, you know, um, if you feel something... You should go explore it. I agree. It may not. It, it may not always be. Uh, you know, people always talk about therapy and stuff, which is which is great, but that may not be for everybody. Mm. Like, try if, if I knew then what I know now, I'd probably try to challenge myself um, to do some one small thing right. um, to realize that a lot of this shit isn't like it's all in my head. Um, or a chemical imbalance, as I found later. But um, <laughs> woo! <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you feel something is off, right, and you know when something's not right, right, you should explore it. Like point blank, figure out a way. Just because life is too short for you to go around being afraid of you finding out something that's preventing you from being your best self. That's real. That's with everything. Yeah. That's with every, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's real. Um, so you've told us about growing up gay, but now that you are grown and gay, Ooh, <laughs> I'm old and gay. How is I your, am the old fag at the bar. Far from it. <laughs> how, how, how is your life different than what you imagined imagined it to be while you were growing up? Uh well, I imagined my life. <laughs> 
I've had very, I have various iterations of what my life was supposed to be. <laughs> like it's like the good place. Y'all watch that show? Yes, the good place. Right. Influence. So like, so like, I've had like different versions of like <laughs> XD, and I think I'm on like version three hundred seventy-two. <laughs> um, I always, I always told myself I was going to be a, a famous um, executive TV, TV producer and writer, an award-winning producer and writer of the great American sitcom. Wow. Um, and I guess I've, and I said I was going to live in New York and I said I was going to not be married (laughs) and I said I was going to have my own place and all these things. And and I had to realize recently that I kind of did all those things because I have the web series. So like all these things took on a different, a different iteration of what I thought it was going to be a version of what it was going to be like. All these things I've marked now, so it's just kind of like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> you did that, yeah. I, like, <laughs> go me. <laughs> Pro, yeah, that go that's me. actually real because I think podcasting is the new sitcom. Yeah, it's funny well, for most part. Well, well no, it, it is, yeah. it, and you know, and then I produce web series and stuff like that. But it's yeah. like, I, like you said, the podcasting thing, like it is like the next great American frontier, right. and like. And every day I feel like I'm just getting started. Like I, people are like you got all these awards and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I'm just getting started. Like this is like the beginning. That's a beautiful thing. That's a good way to stay like yeah. consistent and, and, and inspired. If like you, right. you're always like at the very beginning, like coming in with a beginner's mindset. I think. Yeah, I guess that's like that old nigga adage, like stay hungry. You know what I mean? Like that is like stay hungry, and I think I do. Like I'm, I'm never done. Like, and there are some days where I'm just like, girl, I don't want to fucking do this, but right. like. I, I'm like, you know what? No, because I, not because I, not because I owe it to anybody. I do. But I don't owe it to anybody, but it's like I owe it to myself. And that yeah. sounds super cliche, but it's just No, like, that's real. Bitch, don't give up on you. That's real. Like, that's real. Iana said, when did you give up on you, beloved? And I don't <laughs> want to say that to myself. Yeah. So I'm like, no, keep this shit going. That's Regardless why of what channel. it is. Oh, see, don't shame me. Cause oh, like, but I couldn't. I couldn't. Because you are vegan and you can like split like, <laughs> from the moon and shit. <laughs> and that's, like, but that's literally why I go to the gym. Because I get up and I'm like, oh, who the fuck wants to go there? But I'm like, don't give up on yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. I wish I could say the same for myself with the gym. <laughs> I just end up going to checkers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the fries. Hello, so the fries. <laughs> Listen, a big Buford, or they got really good chicken wings at checkers. You know what? Don't, I'm, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard I, that. I, I yes. ain't fuck with them, them goddamn wings. Hell no. Nah, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. I have had a lot of trash. I'm going to come up with a whole new show called like Trash Ass Food because I love trash ass food. <laughs> Me too. It is great. Oh my God. You know why? Just because I think like the world is so trash. It's like it's so crazy how you could even put it in the food. You, ah, like, damn it! Damn, that's full circle. Yeah, like Shit. that is so fucking wild. Like you could tell everybody, you could tell a lot about people's cultures through their food. Mm. And like America is the ghetto, like the really KFC is. double down. What is that? And of oh, course, is that when they put the chicken on the chicken? With they the, did. Yeah. They did. They made a sandwich with that two fried chicken titties. A high nigga, and did. you know this, someone was on it loud when they thought of that shit. Okay, mm, they were on meth. There you go. Shit. And I definitely tried it. 
<laughs> I was not on meth, but I the it. chicken was lovely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, XD, thank yeah. you so much yes. for stopping by. And yeah. how can the people find us? you? You can find me anywhere and everywhere at Xavier Deleu. Xavier Deleu. Yeah, Deleu. that's the website, the gram, the Instagram, the Facebook. And all that good stuff. Everywhere on the internet. It's XD, uh, yeah, Xavier Delo. Even on YouTube, Delo. too, now. Yeah. Xavier Delo. Xavier, thank you. We're signing off. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. 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 Hey, y'all. Hope you're enjoying the episode thus far. If you don't already, please follow myself and Malik on our personal social medias. You can follow me on Instagram at Vonagram or on Twitter at underscore Vaughn. And you can follow Malik on Instagram at Yo Malik and on Twitter at Yo Malik. Now let's get into the next topic. We are going to jump right on into the wind down for this week. Wind it down. <laughs> um... So this week in celebrity topics, there's been a lot going on. <laughs> oh, so much. Like, like honestly, there's been so it's much. Exhausting. There's been so much going on. So we're gonna start off on a good note. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beyonce and Jay Z were both honored by Glad uh, by Glad. Um, Beyonce for her impact on the queer community, and I know for Jay Z, they kind of honed in on his mother coming yep. out um, mm-hmm. and and how they. He tackled that on the 444 album. Um, so they, on top of uh, a- attending the NAA, uh, I'm sorry, the GLAAD Awards, they also attended the NAACP Image Awards, um, where they, um, Jay-Z took home, if I'm not mistaken, the President's Award. Yep, and Beyonce got the Entertainer of the Year Award. Right, and I think it's really dope that they did go uh, that they did attend a smaller award show. I know people always complain about them not going to the BT Awards and these other things, which is ridiculous because they've both been to the BT Awards a, a trillion, trillion times. times. A million, <laughs> like trillion honestly, times. Like, like I feel like I don't on. I don't think two years have gone where they've missed like at, like at least one of them has, has attended every like two at least every two years or so. Um, yeah, and I think this was this was just a really good thing to see people that are at that level reach back down and like show that this award show is just as important to them as a Grammy, as an Academy Award, as anything else um, by Absolutely. attending and sharing their presence. So that was really dope of them. Um, and Beyonce's speech was so beautiful. You know, I just love... At GLAAD or at NWA? Um, well, honestly, both. But okay. my favorite one was the NAACP Um um, that acceptance speech because I, I just love how humble she is although Beyonce doesn't like talking about herself at all yeah. but I just you know her humbleness and, and just her her genuineness always shines through that she really is a fan of black people she's a fan of artistry yeah. and um, I think she continues to show that just by allowing other people to you know have the spotlight I loved how she you know shouted out um Chad with both. Oh yeah, I did hear Regina the speech. King yeah, this speech was and, really nice. It was. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and Coogler, you know, the, the Ryan people Coogler. from yeah, thank yeah. you, um, from Black Panther. So, <clears throat> I love the white suit. Yeah, she looks great. Uh, she looked awesome. Yeah. Um, now, I, I I do you think other celebrities will follow suit, or do you think it's a one-time novelty? I mean, no. I mean, this isn't this isn't Beyonce's first time going to the NLCP Awards. I mean, she performed there in two thousand nine. 
Um, so really, you know, this, yeah, she performed Halo. So this oh, okay. isn't her first time that. going. But <clears throat> what I think uh, people should do is just stop talking so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was really concerned about people talking about the whole the kiss from Omari Hardwick. Oh yeah, the, du- the double kiss thing. Um, I I saw it and I did think it was excessive, but. I didn't think it was. Listen, Omari Hardrick, Hardwick, whatever his name is, he's married to a very handsome white woman. So I don't even think he was trying to push up on B. Like I don't think that either. I I don't think he was trying to push up on B. Right. But I just I do think that the second kiss was just strange. Like I've never, I, you know, again, I've never went up to greet someone and and I've done double kisses on each side. Like mwah mwah, sure. Yeah. But I've never done like. A double kiss on the same side of someone's mouth like that just seemed and and again it could just be maybe maybe that's what he does I don't know but right. on the outside looking in it was like hmm why did you do that <laughs> and also I just wanted to say really quickly and not to be petty I saw a lot of people saying like oh well you know Rihanna no Rihanna doesn't need to attend the NAACP awards they don't celebrate her and they don't have to because she's very well celebrated so let's just nip that in the bud. She's, Has she never been nominated before? She's been nominated. She's only won once, um, which was for her song Loyalty with Kendrick Lamar. And for Rihanna to be Rihanna and has only won one award because of Kendrick Lamar, she doesn't need to attend. Just let's nip that in the bud because I saw that discussion as well. Like, oh, well, now Rihanna, no. <laughs> I'm a big fan of people going where they're celebrated. I and agree. clearly, she's not clearly she's not celebrated. So let's snip that in the bud. Um, but I, I, I also really loved her um, glad speech because she spoke about her uncle. And I had no mm-hmm. clue that she had a queer uncle that passed of HIV. Yes, um, I did know that. So that was really dope to hear her her talk about and, and share. And you could tell like it, it meant a lot. That moment meant a lot for her. Like you could, yeah. I could hear it in her voice. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really dope. Um, someone that hasn't been having such a celebratory um week is cardi b unfortunately cardi b um got caught up in some controversy when an old video a video that's three years old just to show you three years old came out um where she spoke about how she you know used to used to have to rob and drug well drug and then rob men um back when she was a stripper uh she she shared that this was a part of her journey now to, just to give context, she wasn't celebrating it. She wasn't gloating about it. She wasn't, you know, rapping it in a song. She was literally te- uh, sharing her testimony, if you, if you will. Because that was, like, like, the bubble of her starting to, like, pick up steam. Um, which is crazy because she's had such an amazing, like, year and a half that... Although three years ago is a quote-unquote long time to, to bring up something like this, it also isn't that long ago. Um, that when she you think about it, that, right? That she was just on Instagram and was just a regular girl that you know was taking a D train uptown. I mean, she was just loving hip hop. Like she's not Cardi B's not far removed. She's from, not that far removed, you know, from VH1 right. and 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 all of her past. Like she's she's still a brand new artist, especially right. when it when it comes to being commercially successful. This is all still very new to her, so I'm not surprised at all that it's coming to bite her in the butt. I mean, we see how many celebrities their old tweets and things come back up and. You know, shit from 10 years ago, you know, it comes back up and bites you in the ass. So Mm -hmm. I do think it is a little unfair that people are, you know, she was not gloating about it. She was, like you said, she was sharing her testimony saying, hey, these are things that I had to do 
th- things that she thought she had to do in the past. Right. Not saying that, you know, she was proud of it. And so, I, I mean, again, like, I think comparing her to R. Kelly was... I was extre- just going to get into that. ...was extreme. And I do think it is, it, it's just another example of how people are so quick to put women down and they're looking for any way to, you know, try to taint a woman's success to try to tear down a woman. And I just really think it was just really piss poor. Like, come on, we're talking about R. Kelly, a man who is on tape, um, uh, pissing on underage girls and has a record, a history of, of messing with underage girls. And proudly, 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 proudly. And he, and he has essentially admitted to it. And it's like, you know, on, on, on another hand, we're talking about a young girl who comes from the hood and who comes from a troubled past, a broken home, and who's saying, yes, you know, I had to do things that I'm not proud of, but this is the truth. And I, they're, these are completely different situations, and I think it's right. really fucked up to compare them because they're not the same. At all, I think what it, I think for me, I didn't, re- I haven't like really spoken too much about it on social media or anything, because for me, this is just a more more of a testament to Cardi's level of fame. Yep, our community has a way of building the ladder for people to climb up, and mm. uh, and then trying to pull it from under them when they get to the top. Yep. We've spoken about this before on the show about you know once you get through that door, pull somebody else through as opposed to closing the door on them. Yep. I think what we're seeing is the opposite of this. We're we've pushed someone through the door, and now we're trying to pull them back. And I think it just I think all of this is happening because Cardi has gotten to this level of fame, this level of celebrity, this level of access that a lot of people don't think she's deserving of because of a myriad of things. Um, so people are trying to. To, to, to figure out what they can say, what they can throw at her, what can stick um, in order to, to bring, you know, shame to her name or doubt to her her name or to taint her celebrity. And we've seen it happen with Rihanna. We've seen it happen with Beyonce. We've seen it happen with um, anyone that's a major celebrity, Jay-Z, anyone that's a major. We haven't seen it in this context, of course, because it's, it's, it's someone that, you know, comes from the mud of social media. And yeah. has now made it to the top. So we haven't really seen it in this context. Um, but I think what's even more troubling, because this this no doubt was started by fans. Um, oh, not yeah. not her fans, of course. Uh, people are saying that it's the barbs. I'm not saying that, but like just the way social media looks, like it was the barbs. Um, but, <laughs> but I think what's more disturbing of it, and I think what people need to really pay attention to, especially you women, the peep the men that are on your timelines comparing mm-hmm. Cardi B to R. Kelly um, mm-hmm. and doing the hashtag surviving Cardi B thing, those mm-hmm. are the people that you need to hone in on and pay attention to because they're making light and trying yep. to, in some cases, excuse R. Kelly R. Kelly and the acts of other predators because it's not. I've seen uh, comparisons with um, um, Bill Cosby. I forgot his name for a second. Bill Cosby and, and just uh, a few other men in the industry that have been quote unquote canceled that have been muted etc cetera, etc cetera. and for me what that is is just more toxic masculinity um a lot of these quote unquote men want dominion over the community um in all aspects um every aspect in literally every aspect and <laughs> and one of the ways they want dominion over the community is is they want ownership of women's bodies uh, and for them, they've been in this uncomfortable position for <laughs> a good two years now where they've been told no. 
where they've been told times up and i feel like they they were given an inch and tried to take a whole yard not even a foot um so i think those are the people you might want to like pay attention to on your timelines just you know a little a little heads up don't leave your children on those kind of men nope um speaking of something that caused um well speaking of you know how earlier i was talking about how like you can have a really you might be having like a really bad day but you got to push through yeah um cardi pushed through all that and now she is the most nominated artist at the 2019 billboard awards 17 um, she had actually she has a total of 21 nominations really at the only 17 21 nominations um wow drake um and post malone have 17 nominations okay Travis Scott has 12, and XXX Tic Tac Toe has 10. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that just goes to show you, like, you can go from having an awful week where you're continuously t- tried and tested. And by the way, I think Cardi handled it wonderfully. Cardi normally would get on live and, and snap and da da da. And I would roll my eyes because I'm like, girl, don't give them that kind of energy anymore. She just drafted up, you know, people are jokingly calling it an iOS press release. You know, that's how we do. Um, something that I thought she said pretty well. She didn't defend herself. Um, nope. She literally just said, that was my story. I was not gloating about it. I was, t- you know, telling my testimony. I-, I don't rap about this stuff in my music. I don't glorify it in any kind of way. It's just, you know, part of my story. And um, she kept it moving. She did post the... Um, um, uh, a meme of, <laughs> you know, the, these niggas trying to, these, uh, wait, how, how, what, how does that meme go again? These niggas trying to, uh, oh my God, it's, it's, it's a Miss meme Kelly. Of, of Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that, she, she that posted that. Her down yeah. You try, these are all trying to pray for my downfall. Um, which in my personal opinion was aimed at Joe Budden. Um, I have my own little theory there. I think I kind of, I, t- no, I think I did tweet it. Um, earlier this week because he admitted on his show that he had a beef with her and i i sensed it months ago um even before she won her grammy um that he's been feeling some kind of way and ironically him and Nicki Minaj. here's why here's what i yeah ironically him and Nicki minaj have been in cahoots lately if you follow joe budden if you listen to his show um nikki he and nikki kind of fell out um back when cardi was on her rise because he was very supportive of, of cardi and he had kind of been uh, honest with Nikki in regard to the quality of the music that she was putting out, um, in regard to how she was handling the Cardi B situation, and in regard to even the Remy B, uh, the Remy B uh, beef. So they had kind of fallen out. Now that they're back in cahoots, he seems to be on her side as opposed to Cardi's. And he's been very subtle with it up until recently. And I think it's probably because people were like, bro, we can kind of tell there's something here. Um, so... Cardi, she went from having a very rough week to now being the most celebrated uh, artist at the Billboard Awards. So that just shows you if you if you push through, you know there there's something good on the other side. The storm does not last forever. It really doesn't. Um, speaking of storms, did you see the Real Housewives of Atlanta finale? Woo! Oh my Listen. gosh. <sighs> This season has just been, it started off kind of slow for me, but it got good in the middle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I saw the finale and, you know, I, on, on, on one hand, I, I, I feel for Nene. Mm -hmm. I do feel for her. For those who, who, for those who aren't, you know, caught up on Housewives, uh, Nene 
uh, <clears throat> Nini's husband Greg is going through about he's battling cancer and Nini is uh, one of his caretakers and she is you know taking it really hard and she's doing a lot of what some would say complaining about her new life and she's not really um, putting her best foot forward it seems when it comes to like just really navigating this and, and again who knows how to navigate finding out that your, that your, that your husband has cancer but she's been really mean um, yeah. a lot this season. And Caddy, she's been like, miserable. Um, <laughs> miserable. She's, been, she's miserable. been miserable this season. And most recently on the finale, um, her and Cynthia had a sit-down conversation. And what led up to the conversation was that Cynthia had an event. Uh, she partnered with Seagram's. She has a new flavor. It's called uh, Bellini. So if you if, you, if you're a malt liquor girl, it's like go, a peach Bellini. Some, yeah, the peach bellini. So if you like that, go get Cynthia's peach bellini with Seagram's. She had an event and she invited Kenya. Cynthia didn't think that Kenya was gonna come, but Kenya. I call bullshit because <sighs> Cynthia did not think that Kenya was gonna come, but Candy got Cynthia to come. I call bullshit. This is what they say. Kenya gets to the event. Nini is bothered, completely bothered. She's her. She was. <laughs> she, she. She was, was so pressed. fucking bothered. She, she was, was pressed. literally pressed. Like I she mean, pressed. completely pressed. I mean, starched, steamed, pressed Ooh. panini. Sis mm-hmm. was bothered. Like yeah. to her she was, core. She was bothered down. She was bothered, and you know, and I hate that she let Kimmy get the best of her like that because. Listen, when when you really are the the queen of a franchise, you have to be unbothered, like you were saying at all times, like. Fuck these bitches. They want my spot. And Nene, she lost that air about her when Kenya game came around, which I was really shocked that she let Kenya take her out of character like that. Um, why do you think that it's bullshit about the whole invitation thing? Because it is. Okay, so here's my take on the whole situation. Nene has been unbearable, to say the least, this entire season. She has been entitled. She has been um, mean. She's been messy. She has been... Just miserable, like I was saying. And it's been, honestly, so draining to to, to have to watch. Um, but I do get it. She's going through... Uh, between Greg having cancer and then him being mean to her. And then yeah. them having issues as a couple and, and talking about separating all these different things. Um, I think that, coupled with the fact that she was feeling a bit insecure about her friendships and the house... And her position in the House uh, Wives franchise... I think has caused her to kind of go off this deep end that she's been off. However, I think she's 100% um, right in this situation when it comes to, to, to Cynthia and Candy. If you ask me, this is my personal take on it. Call me conspiracy theorist Vaughn if you would like. Um, <laughs> but the season started really slow. Now, me personally, I enjoyed this entire season. I enjoyed them getting along and being friends at first. I'm sorry. Watching women argue week by week is draining. That's boring. Agreed. It's not necessary. Agreed. I don't mind when y'all are messy. You throw a little shade here and there. But, like, the continuous team against team, back and forth, the week reads, like, all of that is draining at this point. It's, like, they're almost 10 years in with, with this franchise. You know, can you come up with something else? <laughs> can you please come up with something else, as Miss Juicy says? Um, so for me, I was enjoying them being cordial and being friends and, and yeah. still ha- still having little bits of shade here and still having little moments, but it not getting too deep. So, like I said, I, I 
personally think what happened was Candy, the producers, and Cynthia got together. As we all know, Kenya was supposed to be returning this season. However, she wanted X amount of dollars. They said, hey, we're not going to give you X amount of dollars because you're not showing us your husband. Uh, this child, we don't even know if we're going to have any rights to or, to the footage or any, any access to that. Uh, you went off and got married without us knowing. So we're not going to give you any more money. Actually, we want to give you less. We want to reduce your role on the show and give you less money. Kenya stood her ground, um, and she wasn't on this season. Between the rumblings that we've been hearing for months with her making a return and Phaedra making a return because of how slow this season was and because the ratings and everything weren't that good, I think they needed to find a way to usher Kenya back in that felt natural and would set them up for this upcoming season. Or mm-hmm. will be this upcoming mm-hmm. season, I should say. And I yep. think they all, I think Cynthia's trying to keep her check. Cynthia has nothing to offer the show. If you want, if you want to talk about who has the, the least um, interesting storyline of all the ladies, it's Cynthia, without a doubt. Absolutely. Without a doubt has the, the least interesting storyline. Shamari's line. more interesting. Shamari is more interesting. Exactly. <laughs> and Shamari's not interesting to me. Yeah. Cynthia could be, Cynthia could have left three seasons ago and I honestly wouldn't have cared. Cynthia's gorgeous woman, and and I think Cynthia knows that as, as well, um, because even the the her and and Candy's response to all this has been, well, you know, I'm 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 trying to get a check. I'm trying to focus on my business. I'm trying to secure my check too. I'm trying to secure the bags. She did a a, a post show interview with Candy, and she literally yeah. says it like five. Well, I'm trying to secure the bag. I need my bag secured too. Da 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 da. So if you ask me, they knew the Seagram's event was happening. They knew Kenya was... Because Kenya doesn't even live in Atlanta. Her husband is in New York. She's in New York with her husband. At least so she's been stating. Right? Yeah. So this isn't said- something that happened in, in off the fly. They threw this big Bravo baby shower for her with all these the medicine housewives and all these people that aren't a part of the, <laughs> Cynthia's life. Right? But they're all Bravo related. And right after that... that um, baby shower was Cynthia's event mm-hmm. so to me and, and then not even to me they say it Cynthia literally says in the end of the episode I gotta act like I didn't know she was coming yeah. she says that they, verbatim they, so for me they put that on the caption and then Cynthia said on speak on it on Candy show mm-hmm. that she doesn't remember saying that it's there <laughs> like uh-huh. the audio is there the visual is there right so for me, I think what happened was they used Cynthia's event to usher her back, to usher um, um, Kenya. Uh, Kenya, sorry. To usher Kenya back into the season. And they, they couldn't tell Nini because had they told Nini, Nini would have not given us the reaction that she did. And can you imagine that finale without Nini's moment? It wouldn't have been good. It would have been the driest finale said, ever. She's ha- are you having a buffalo? Uh, she having a, a buffalo? buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> now that made me. Die. Yo, when I tell you, y'all, I near like I promise you, I cackled for a good three to five minutes about the buffalo. Yeah. It was that's an awful thing to say, an extremely awful thing. But the shit was funny, and you. all the little back and forth between Marlo and they they needed that moment, and they knew they weren't going to get that moment out of Nini if. They didn't catch her off guard. Had Nini known she A wouldn't have shown up, B, if she did decide to show up, she would have played everything to the left. She probably would have came, kiss, kiss, 
I'm here, I'm gone. She would not have stayed. She would not have had to deal with all that. And had they had that that finale without that moment, the reunion would have been a little dry, and that the finale would have been bored dry. It would have been like concrete in a summer dry. Like it would have been boring. So I think they set that whole moment up, and I think Nini is well within her right to feel violated. I think she's well within her right to be mad at at um at Candy at and at Cynthia, yeah. but more so at Cynthia because Cynthia is supposed to be her friend, her best friend, one of her best friends. So I think she's justified in that. I see your point, and I definitely see, uh, you know. And, and and again, I'm only gonna go off of what Cynthia and Candy said, but I definitely see your point. I definitely could see why Nin, why Nini Nathan, uh, Nathan. Why, she felt, <laughs> I'm sorry. why she felt violated and why she was so upset because you know earlier in the season when Yoana uh, went when Yoana came to uh, Nini's bi wig party, Cynthia was like, "Oh, you gotta tell Eva. You gotta tell Eva." So right, I agree. Right, I agree. Right. Um, something that we haven't been able to agree on as a community um, mm. is the n- passing of Nipsey Hustle. Um, if yeah. you aren't familiar, Nipsey Hustle is a. You know how we used to have underground rappers that were like really popular in their in their city, or you know had like a cult following. I, I don't really hear that t- that term much anymore, and I think it's because you know labels aren't the powerhouse that they used to be. Uh, But Nipsey Hussle is a rapper out of L.A. Um, He does a lot in the community for L.A. Um, And unfortunately, he was murdered um, while doing something for the community um, over this past weekend. The reason why this has been controversial is he's homophobic and has been openly homophobic. Um, And in his passing, there were a lot of queer people that didn't know how to feel or didn't know how to express what they felt. Uh, because it was a such a, a big thing, right? It was a complicated situation because yeah. it's not that. Let me speak for myself, anyway. It's not that you want to glorify the passing of this person. You're definitely not happy about the passing of this person. Um, but like I like I said earlier on, on Twitter, I don't know how to mourn someone that wouldn't mourn me. I don't know how to celebrate mm. the, the the life of someone who didn't care about my life. Um, and I think a lot of people felt, and it was pretty interesting to see, especially, you know, I always say black people, we, we, we tend to like be so contradictory, like just in, in general, I mean, everyone in general, but like, I saw a lot of people take issue with, I saw a lot of black people take issue with queer people of color, um, not reacting the same way that they were reacting, not feeling the same empathy, not feeling the same loss, not feeling the same... Um, sadness, not feeling the same, you know, whatever the case may be, not, not, you know, immediately throwing up prayers for this person because of the things that they had done and said in the past. Um, did you want to weigh on it before I, isn't it? I, I think, I think what's so interesting is the fact that heterosexual cisgender black people want people to be all up in arms mm-hmm. for, <clears throat> for, for Nipsey. Mm-hmm. But when a trans person dies, Say it. when, when a gay person dies, when a lesbian dies, and and when they're murdered in cold blood, these bitches are silent. Mm. These bitches suddenly there's no nuance. There's there. Oh no! There's suddenly no... there is nuance. I'm sorry. Y- suddenly yes, there is yes. a nuance in a situation. 
Yes, you know, now it's about, oh, well, what was that person doing there? Or, uh, uh, well, they shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. You know, well, if you weren't living right, then that, you know, that wouldn't have happened. So I just think that I, you know, just to piggyback on what you said, Vaughn, there is a certain level of accountability that we have to have within our community Mm -hmm. that, that it's lacking, unfortunately. Um, there is not a love for all. Although we say there's a love for all, there is not a love for there all. There is there, there, There's not, and it's obvious. And so, um, it's sad that he has passed away. Absolutely. Um, and, and and a part of me thinks, well, you know, if this guy was this community champion, if if he was fighting for, you know, you know, access to education, access to, um, you know, fair housing in his area. Could he have eventually evolved to see the error in his ways, maybe? Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. And I can't answer that question because he's not here to evolve, unfortunately. There you go. All I can go off of is what he's put out. And what he's put out has been toxic. And um, I I posted this on Facebook before I deleted it. I can be critical of you even in death. Amen. Even in death, Amen. I can be critical of yes. you. And that's a fucking fact. Yeah. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. If you, if if you didn't want people to be critical of you in death, then you should have put better shit out while you were here. Absolutely. And and that's just what it is. Absolutely. Um, my, you know, I I take my you know blessings to Lauren London and that child that they have together. Um, I think they have a child together, right? They do. Okay, yeah. yeah. So blessings to you know Lauren London and their family and you know the people that are hurting. But ultimately, to me, I think that once you draw that line in the sand, mm-hmm. the the line is drawn. And 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 honestly, it's a and you're entitled road. to that. And and I'm entitled to that. I'm not gonna have and and, and you know and I saw a video on Facebook um, about this guy, a, a queer black man, on his hotel doorstep. Um, talk, talking that bullshit about how he's so tired of queer people um, always being up in arms about something. Another black man died. Why can't we come to his defense? That's why we're ne- That's why we're always left out of conversations. That's why we're never considered because because we always make issues with things. And I was thinking to myself, you bitch. Right, you that bitch. makes no sense. How that makes no that sense. Makes no sense. At, the, at the end of the day, they're the ones that always leave us out of things. They ostracize us from the conversations and the homes and and the the families, not the other way. All around. of that. If we, if we're not loud about it, if we're not talking about it, if we're not marching about it, if we're not preaching about it, if we're not walking the walk and talking the talk, no one's gonna believe it. Absolutely. And I and I'm not gonna sit here and be quiet when there is someone who was not quiet about their views on who I am. Exactly. And who I and who I love and how I love, so fuck that and and fuck all these self loathing queer people who want to be so accepted by straight people mm. that they turn their back on their queer brothers and sisters, just how y'all did Justice Smollett. Exactly, because you, you and the thing is, a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, well, you black first before you get." No, I'm both. My experience I'm both. is both. I'm every bit of. Uh, I'm every bit gay that I am black. There's uh-huh. no in between. I'm not 40 and 60. I'm 100% gay and I'm 100% black. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and before, you know, there was a clip going around of Nipsey because, like you said, there were a lot of queer people um, 
coming for other queer people that you know didn't feel the need to throw out prayers or you know feel sad and, and et cetera et cetera. <laughs> there were a lot of people, a lot of queer people attacking those people. Um, and there was a video going around of of Nipsey during a Breakfast Club interview where he was saying, "Oh no, nah, man, I'm not you know homophobic. I got gay cousins, et cetera, et cetera." Well, let me take y'all back to Nipsey Hussle's Instagram. This is what he posted last year. He had an event um, where he, because you know, like we said, he does things in the community. Mm-hmm. His caption reads. Demonstration speaks louder than conversation. They gonna feed us every image of our men and boys, but but this one. No hyper-violent, no homosexual, no abandoners, just strong black and young men. Respect to my big homie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? Mm-hmm. You don't need to, to, to tell me anything about someone that told me about themselves. Yep. Okay. It's that simple. He told there's no need for you to exclude homosexuals from this from this community. We are strong. We fight for as a matter of fact, the Black Lives Matter movement was started by queer people. Hello. That whole movement, regardless of what it became, it stood for black people telling everyone else that the lives of black people, and let's be clear, the lives of black men, because that's where it started mm-hmm. with a young black boy. And it went into protecting young black men. There have been women that have benefited from the movement, obviously, but let's be 100% clear. The strongest, the lead of it was, was black men and black boys. That's who we, the community initially was protecting. And that was started by queer people and was fronted by queer people. And when everyone found out that D-Ray was gay, there was a huge backlash on social media. Massive backlash telling him that he can't lead, that he's not enough of a man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Nipsey was one of the people that shared the, the, that, that sentiment. So for me, as a, as a gay black man, you suddenly can't tell me I don't have the right to nuance. You, you don't get that. If I and, and mind you, I'm someone that prayed for him, because I I thought of Lauren and I thought of their child and I said, yo, that's fucked up. But I was someone that that prayed for for him. Listen, I was at dinner with my best friend and this motherfucker. After we did our blessing of our friendship and the food, this motherfucker does does a second prayer for Lauren London and Nipsey. Some, and I was looking at him like, bitch, <laughs> didn't nobody invite them to my prayer? <laughs> okay, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> this was an invitation for two. <laughs> yes, um, but no, and I just want to also make it clear that like the thing that I found most ironic is a lot of the same people that were telling other queer that were telling queer people they didn't have the right to to, to feel anything other than than sadness. And to send prayers. A lot of you niggas did not feel this way when John McCain died. Mm. And a lot of you niggas did not feel this way when XXX Tic Tac Toe died. Mm. I remember Joe Budden echoing the sentiments that y'all are and everyone attacking him for that, including myself, saying we don't have the right to to um, speak on XXX uh, past because he's dead now. You need to respect the dead. If you didn't respect me while you were alive, why the fuck am I going to respect you when you're dead? It's that simple. If you can say to John McCain, who is someone's father, who is someone's son, his death don't mean shit to you, then why can't queer people say that about Nipsey Hussle? If you're going to serve it on the left, well, bitch, I'm going to serve it on the right. And that's that. Now, like I said, personally, I threw up my prayers. I don't wish death on anyone. 
I just lost my grandfather, so I know what it is like to lose a, a, a figure in your life. And I know Lauren is, is heartbroken, and I genuinely feel for that, because I could not imagine finding someone that is the love of your life and then them being taken away from you. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I love my father with every fiber of my being. He's a hero to me. I couldn't imagine growing up without my father. I say that all the time. So I yeah. know Nipsey's kids are... You know, they're they're too young to really understand what's going on right now because if I'm not mistaken, they're like seven and under. Um, so they can't fully grasp all of what, what's going on right now. And it's going to be a, an experience that they are going to have to, unfortunately, live with for the rest of their life. Um, and that's heartbreaking that that has to happen. But at the same time, because of those circumstances, you can't tell other people what to feel. Like, what to How feel. How to feel. Because and, we had and, to feel and, and things when when he, when he excluded us from his conversations, and he wasn't protecting us. He wasn't doing anything for our community. So if if we don't feel the same way, or if, or if people don't feel that way, the way that you feel about it, you have to say to yourself, that person is allowed to feel that way, and I'm going to keep moving. You continue to pray. You continue to do what you need to do. Let other people feel however they want to feel. Oh, big dot. Yes. Big, yes. Big dot. So, um, <laughs> that is it for this week's Growing Up Gay. Oh, and also the last thing that I wanted to comment on in regard to the situation before I close out. The person that killed Nipsey was a member of the community. Their yes. community. He was a heterosexual male. So, for all you people that think the problem in the community is, is gay black men and homophobia and how we're trying to eradicate the masculinity in black men, et cetera, et cetera, all that bullshit. Before you, you step to us, step to the fathers that aren't there. Step to the hyper-violent, uh, hyper, uh, hyper-masculine men that are out here raping our women, mm. mistreating their children, mistreating their wives, wreaking havoc on the community. Step to yeah. those men first because that's where the problem starts. They don't want equality. They want supremacy, and they want supremacy over everyone, including the queer community. So step to those niggas first, and then you can talk to me. Friend, I completely agree. I was in the elevator last night coming home, and there was a guy that was on his cell phone, on speakerphone, loud and wrong, having a conversation about how he's so sick of his woman and how he has a young girl who will suck his dick and cook him dinner, do whatever he wants, but his woman... Um, Keith's complain about when they're gonna get married and and he's sick of feeling unappreciated. But the young girl does this. The young Cherish, girl does please. That. And I was thinking to myself, nigga, you got some kind of nerve. Like that makes no what? It, it, it makes it, it it made no sense to listen to him and his friend go on and on and on about how his woman should be doing this. She should be doing this. And you're sitting here having a candid conversation about not being faithful. To the woman that you're talking about, while also demanding more from her, girl. If you while don't still find, demanding <laughs> more from her at the same find, time, nigga, you don't find so, a seat. So like, it, get it, the fuck out of here. So you guys, it's real out here. It's real out here. And if you don't call this shit out, if you don't address it, it continues to take it continues to take a life of its own, and then our children continue to absorb and be born into this disease. It's a cycle. Of it's a cycle. It's, it's a cycle. So it has to be broken now. This is the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Growing Up Gay. Um, I did want to say, please make sure you follow us on our Instagram, which is Growing Up Gay. 
Um, our Twitter is Growing Up Gay. The website, which we're currently working on, is GrowingUpGay.com. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Vaughn or on Instagram. I'm not posting right now at Vonagram Malik. Malik, you can follow. <laughs> I'm Malik. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Yo Malik Y O M A L I K, and on Instagram at Malik Khalid Yoga. And also, email us too. Yes, please email us at Vaughn at Grown Up Gay, Malik at Grown Up Gay, or Grown Up Gay at gmail.com If you have any questions, uh, we do have a question and answer segment. We're just waiting to get some questions to answer. <laughs> um, so you can email us for that at Grown Up Gay at gmail.com. Um, and any other th- questions, please um, see in the comments and section box. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. I'm just rambling. But again, thank you for listening. <laughs> and XD, thank you for being on the episode. We appreciate you so much. We love you. We love you. Yes. And y'all and, be good. And uh, we have another episode, another good interview coming soon, too. Yes, prepare yourselves. <laughs> it's been fun. Bye. Ha. Holla. Holla.